Welcome to the Challenge Chronicles. I'm Devin Jordan. I'm with Trace Armstrong and no Rob McIntyre. We are here to talk about Survivor Season 42, Episode 4. If you'd like to become a patron and listen to all of our bonus content on the challenge, you can go to patreon.com slash the Challenge Chronicles and subscribe for $4 per month. We are here talking about Survivor today. Uh, Trace really wanted to do this. Uh, so it seemed like a, a good thing to put out on the public feed. Uh, who knows how often we'll actually do this, uh, but we thought we'd do it and just give it a go and see how it goes. Trace, what did you think of episode four? Well, before we go to episode four, I will say this. I liked episode four a lot, like a lot, a lot liked it. it I, I think this season of Survivor so far is going to turn into an, like one of those like top 10 type seasons, maybe top 15, depending on how the rest of the season plays out. As good as Survivor 41 was, and I really like Survivor 41, I think 42's cast is better, and I think the people playing the game are wildly different. You know, like, I felt like on 41, there was a lot of schemers, but there weren't, like, a lot of athletic threats. This one has schemers, it has crazy people, it has unpredictable people, and it's got athletic people. So, like, it kind of really runs the gamut of what you want in a survivor cast. It's a little bit of everything. Yeah. I definitely think there are a lot of people with really big personalities this season. And I think for the most part, as I just look through the cast right now, we've already gotten kind of some, everyone has been involved in this story overall to this point, right? If you go from all of the remaining people left, right? Like if we, if we just went through them quickly, right. Uh, Chanel, right? She has the whole narrative with Daniel and about how she's, according to Daniel Backstabber, Daniel is kind of, I mean, he's kind of been one of the lead characters throughout the course of the season, just through his way to kind of bumble throughout the episodes <laughs> and cause chaos wherever he goes. He would be great for my uh, Survivor nonsense season. Like, he's just a mess. Like, just a complete and utter paranoid mess. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about him for a little bit. So I guess... What's interesting with him is that he, so his approach when they came back to camp in episode four, after everything that happened in episode three, was that he was trying to be pretty much emphatic with the idea that it was Chanel's fault, everything that happened. <laughs> Chanel, he, he did not backstab Mike and, or he did not backstab anyone, right? He ended up backstabbing everyone. Mm -hmm. Uh and he tried, he essentially tried to say, tell Hi and uh, Lynette, right? Is that the woman's name? Yeah, or Lydia. 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 He tried to tell, he tried to tell Hi and Lydia that he did not backstab them. And what happened was he was voting on Chanel's behalf because she didn't have a vote that night, which is absolutely insane. And he continued to try and say that throughout the entire course of that moment back at camp and really through his actions he did backstab everyone because at this point he's alienated mike right mm -hmm. mike has no desire to work with him at this point in time because he ended up going back on what he said he would do when they drew rocks and mike found out that daniel told everyone else pretty much that he didn't have a vote right yeah or it, he, he at least told chanel right mm -hmm. so, something that he thought uh would be kept private between them mm -hmm. and so what ultimately happens is Mike and Hi 
end up trying to come together to work something out. And it seems like Daniel is now on the outs, right? It seems like yeah. the, the tight group, at least from what the show showed us to this point, is that Hi, Mike, and Lydia are now working together and the other two are on the outs. I, I think Daniel is in serious trouble. He's in serious trouble, but he's also in an interesting spot because prior to episodes three, Tribal Council, it was clear that Daniel was the swing vote. You had Hi and Lydia on one side. And then you had Mike and Chanel on the other. So Daniel really was the guy coming into episodes three's tribal with the most power. And somehow he left with no power, really, which is astounding that you could do that. So to recap for people that maybe not know what's going on, much like season 41, they're doing new types of advantages that have serious consequences. So if you find a hidden immunity idol out in the jungle, it's not activated until all three people that find one on each tribe. So like tribe A, tribe B, tribe C, they all have to find it and they all have to activate it by saying a certain ridiculous nonsense phrase at the challenge, at the, the daily challenge, whatever. And then unless they all get to the merge and then the idols are active the moment they hit the any, merge. Any of them. So any of, if any of them get to the merge. Yep. So you could potentially have three idols in play if they're all still there when they get to the merge. But the consequence is they cannot vote until the idol is active. So they either can't vote throughout the whole cycle until they get to the merge or they have to activate these idols. So getting that idol is a huge disadvantage unless you're in a really good place politically. And with a tribe of what was it? Six is where they started. With a tribe of six, Correct. it's really hard to hide in a tribe of six. Like you, you have to be involved. I think they've really figured something out with the way one, they've structured the season as far as the, the number of people. And then two, some of the, I don't even, for a lot of these, I don't even necessarily want to call them advantages for, for the large part. I think they're almost disadvantages mm-hmm. for, tr- hidden as advantages. Right. So yeah. with the number of people, I think the, the three tribe format was six people. I think it really kind of, pushes each vote to the point very early on it kind of accelerates how important each vote is right because Mm -hmm. like you said every single person's vote matters and then on top of that once you start taking people's votes away that makes the situation even more impactful right Mm -hmm. it really comes down to one person's vote can literally be like live or die for someone's life in the game yeah um and then let's not take away the fact from episode three as well Chanel gets to go on the journey, which is also new from season 41 into 42. So they'll take a random tribes member that gets elected by the tribe or gets chosen by the tribe. They go off on a little journey. They go through this little path and then they have the prisoner's dilemma. So you can both choose to, or all three of you can choose to keep your vote safe or you can risk your vote. And if you risk your, if you both, if you all keep safe, you're in. If two of you risk your vote and one person is safe, then the two people get extra votes. However, if you all risk your vote, you all cannot vote at the next tribal. Well, Chanel went there with who? I forgot who she went with. She, um, so when she, when she went, she only went with one other person, right? She went with, uh, she went with Omar, right? And so yeah. they both decided to, this is one of the, I heard someone talk, I heard people talk about this on our app. I think Steven said this on our app. And I think I would probably agree this is one of the all-time worst moves in the history of Survivor. Uh, so 
Omar decides that he wants to risk his vote because Chanel told him when they were on their journey up to like the side of the mountain that her she desperately needed her vote that night and there's no way she would risk her vote, right? Mm-hmm. What does she do? She goes down there and she risks her vote and Omar, because of what Chanel told him about how she had to have her vote, decides he was going to risk his vote, right? Yep. So Chanel loses her vote in a situation where she absolutely has to have a vote, right? Mm-hmm. It's her it's uh daniel and it's mike right mm-hmm. mike doesn't have a vote oh no, so chanel doesn't have a vote <laughs> yeah right so it's chanel daniel mike and jenny jenny has a vote daniel has a vote mike does not and chanel does not right and so at that point it's those two verse hi and lydia mm-hmm. right and so chanel comes back she tries to talk them into splitting the vote but what's ironic about this, and this is another point that I heard someone mention on our half, was that she didn't even need to talk them into doing that. Mm-mm. Because what High wanted to do is he wanted to split the votes three to one anyway, mm-hmm. right? And she comes back and she goes, no, 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 we got to do it even. And so she could have just gone along with what he wanted to do in the first place, right? Do No contention, everything happens, and nobody's mad at anybody. Right? <laughs> like, so he, he has a confessional last week where it seems like his awareness is raised. And like, it was pretty much just like a long narrative of him, like pretty much like coming to the realization that he can't trust the two of them, them being Daniel and Chanel. Mm-hmm. And it pretty much blows up in Daniel's face. Let, let's talk about this episode more. Yeah. So let's, um, I, I just wanted to give people the backstory because I feel like it's going to inform the rest of this conversation. So getting back to episode four, prior to episode four, it was very clear that you had a side of high and Lydia and Mike and Chanel and Daniel was kind of aligned with Mike and Chanel but he was kind of bouncing like he was just looking for a, talking, a place to land I don't know how close uh are you talking about prior to this episode yeah prior to episode four now coming now out no, of that episode so, three tribal it's clear everybody does not trust him period well yeah pri- prior to like going into episode the episode three tribal council Chanel and Daniel were like tight like mm-hmm. they were pretty much tight jenny and mike were really tight and then there was high and lydia that were really tight uh i don't know how much of a relationship chanel had with uh with mike, mike. i th- i think they were voting together but i don't think that they were super they weren't close. tight but i'm saying what i mean by that is is that they were not going to vote against each other at this time at least at this Correct. time they weren't Correct. so coming in now to episode four it really seems like Daniel's just on the outs with everybody. If High and Mike are now forming some sort of an alliance to work together out of necessity, that kind of puts Lydia and Mike and High together and at least Daniel and Chanel floating in the wind. Like Daniel screwed both him and Chanel with what he did. I thought it was an interesting uh, move that Daniel tries to come back from tribal council and says, I don't have it in me to talk tonight. Like, let, let's wait until tomorrow. It's like, what, what show do you think you're on? Yeah, like he goes to bed and everybody else is talking. <laughs> Guess how old uh, he was as of filming this? 25? 30. So I thought he was way older than 30. Too. Oh, okay. For whatever reason, I thought he was like, I thought he was like, like mid-late 30s for some reason yeah i mean he so looks older than he is i mean i think that's just some people that do that you know like uh what's his name on the challenges looked 50 forever <laughs> who um god i can't even remember his name now 
Oh, I'm thinking of a pro wrestler, Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson has looked 40 even when he was 25, and he look, he's 60 now, and he still looks 40. It's weird. So, so that conversation was interesting. Um, so one of my favorite parts about the episode, uh, <laughs> the, re- the reward challenge lasted, what, all of three, four minutes? Maybe. It happened, and I thought, this is absolutely incredible. The, the challenge should be taking notes right now. The challenge should be taking notes and they should also be like, we need to cast this guy like immediately. Who? <laughs> Jonathan. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, he would be good for the, like, I mean, he's the exact type of person they want on the show. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have a huge name coming out of the season of survivor. That's for sure. Um, so the orange, orange team wins Taku, they get the fish back at camp so the big thing that came out of that reward challenge was that jonathan did make the mistake of saying that the talk you four was very strong and tight with each other omar and marianne are upset about this i think yeah it definitely puts a little bit of a target on them but i don't think i think the other huge of a deal yeah i think the other tribes know that you know what i mean i think that's just known at this point like those four are a great team and they would be stupid to break up their alliance. Like even in the outside looking in on those other tribes, you know, they're looking at how strong that four is. Cause they got rid of their, I wouldn't call them dead weight, but they definitely got rid of their anchors. Like they're a tight machine at this point. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's definitely one thing for other people to perceive that strength. And then it's another thing to kind of tell them and give them ammunition. Yeah. Uh, for when some potential swap or merge happens. I don't know. It's, I mean, I think it's unlikely that we're going to get a swap. We didn't get one last season. It there's Mm. an, I feel like enough interesting content right now that I almost feel like if you do do a swap, it kind of breaks up all the narratives that are going on. So I will hurt this season. If they do a tribe swap, they need to let this play out till emerge, like completely need to let this play out till emerge. We finally got some content from the Blue Tribe this episode uh, from Ika. We hadn't gotten anything from them the last couple of episodes because Jenny was voted out in episode three. Uh, Mariah was voted out in uh, episode two. Mm -hmm. And so it had been a long time before we got any significant content from them. Mm -hmm. Romeo uh, has the moment with Roxroy, right? Where Roxroy is coaching him on how to make the fire. And he talks about how he's just going to let Roxroy think that he's in charge. And, and really the entire time, he's like pretty much saying like, screw you, Roxroy in his head. Yeah. Roxroy is Rom- another one for the, the survivor nonsense season. Like he is just, he and coach on the same tribe would try to kill each other. I think if we went down the list of people, Roxroy would be one of the few people that we could say definitively at this point has zero chance to win, right? Yes, there. I mean, he he's the guy you want to bring to the final three because no one's going to vote for him. Like, period. No one is going to even think about voting for Roxroy. And when you look at the Edric results coming out of episode three, right? So the final episode res, or final results for episode three for Edric, he is dead last. <laughs> uh, guess guess the last two people. You could you should be able to guess the last three. I'm kind of surprised by the fourth. Well, so guess the last three. All right. I would say that it's Roxroy. It's probably going to be 
Lydia, and then it's probably going to be. You're forgetting one really obvious one. Yeah, I'm sure I am. I just haven't learned all these people's names yet. Daniel. I don't know. Daniel. No, he's yeah. at the bottom. Are so, you serious? Dude, he's toast. There's no way he's going to win. Well, he's like, not going to win, but I feel like he's getting a lot of screen time. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to win. No, like, there's he's just no way, dude. No. Like everyone else, like at this point, like no one has like much respect for him as far as the game goes. Yeah. You know? Like he's, he's, he's alienated all his close alliances and all the, like every, everyone he's worked with. Right. And I so actually if, think at this point, Daniel would be the absolute person and dead last in terms of who could win and then Roxroy. Because here's the thing. No one is going to want to take Daniel to the final three because you have no idea what he's going to do. So you want to get rid of him as soon as possible, whether that's Roxroy, he's annoying, he's abrasive, but you know he's not going to double-cross you on a vote so far. Yeah, and so I, th- I think that's one thing to be said for Roxroy, right? He's, he's going to be very loyal. Mm-hmm. And we saw that this episode, right? He was the one person that voted for Swati. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why, ultimately, why Swati uh, decided to play her shot in the dark, right? Because her, I thought that was a good move. Like, her mm-hmm. vote really didn't matter at the mm-hmm. end of the day, right? Because she knew Roxroy was going to vote for Tori, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's one vote for Tori. If Swati herself votes for Tori, that's two votes. And then Drea, it, it, and then Tori votes for Swati, right? It's two to one at that point. So either way, it pretty much comes down to what does Romeo do? What does Drea do? Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's interesting that so far through the edit chart, through episode three, they have Romeo fourth to last, which I don't get at all. Uh, I think... He's in a great position. I think from an editing perspective, they're giving him a lot of visibility mm-hmm. and they're kind of show allowing him to tell the audience what he's thinking about what's going on in the game. Yep. So I was kind of surprised to see that. I haven't followed Edgic as closely this season as I have in seasons past. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely be really interested to hear the logic about why they don't necessarily think Romeo is someone that could be in contention, especially after we like barely seen the blue tribe the last two weeks. Yeah. I think he is in the contention. And I also think that Edgic has not quite caught up to how they're they've edited the show in season 41. Um, The Shan was far out ahead in Edgic last season, but what it Rob, I think uh, you or Rob nailed it. I can't remember. They were you, one of you said, Shan is either going to outright win this season or they're setting her up to get blindsided in an epic fashion. And it turns out she got blindsided in an epic fashion. I don't think either of us had said that. I think what's going on is that I think it's possible that the editors are consciously aware of what people have been doing and have tried to move against that, right? They're just editing the show with some red herrings now that are not quite as obvious. There was pretty much no reason there was not a lot given throughout the entire course of the season. There were at certain points for the ultimate winner mm-hmm. to be given shown in the way that shown in the way that a winner is typically. Yeah. Shown, I would have right? never pegged her as the winner of the season last year. I knew she was going to make the final three, but I would have not pegged her as the winner. So the fact that she won made me go, Oh, they're, they're ca- They've caught on to edgic now. <laughs> yeah. And so Erica does end up winning season 41 and they don't edit her in a way that is satisfying for a lot of the people that watch the show in a very close way, right? Because there wasn't really, 
I don't know, you'd really have to dig deep to kind of provide like a pretty good argument for why she won if you weren't, at least compared to other people and the way that they oh, yeah. edited other people at the same oh, time. Oh, like Vlachos on season 40, it was telegraphed episode three that Tony was winning that season. Like it was just so freaking obvious. I mean, I think they had to do that for an all winner season, right? Mm-hmm. They, they couldn't afford to have a very controversial winner mm-hmm. coming out of that season. Mm-hmm. But getting back to season 42, right? I mean, pretty much the entire narrative around episode four for what happens with the blue tribe is that Swati talks to Lindsay, right? They're apparently close allies. They're one and one. Mm-hmm. And, or it's not Lindsay, Tori, excuse me. Swati talks to Tori. For, for whatever reason, I always want to call uh, Tori Lindsay. Yeah. I'm not necessarily <laughs> sure why. Uh, but Swati talks to Tori and tells Tori about the advantage that Drea has, that she has the extra vote, right? Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much where chaos ensues, where Tori then goes to, uh, well, Swati says that she wants to vote out Drea, who has an extra vote. Swati uh, also talks about Roxroy and about how they need to be, bring in Roxroy if they want to be able to do anything, right? They need Swati, they need Roxroy, and they need Tori to work with each other. And Tori says that she doesn't really want to work with Roxroy, but she'll do it if it can essentially keep her, her from getting voted out in the game. Yeah. And so she goes to Roxroy and she pretty much talks about how she wants to work together. And Tori tells Roxroy about Dre's extra vote. And Roxroy doesn't know about this, right? Yeah. This is news to him. And Roxroy was not happy either. <laughs> so one, Roxroy isn't necessarily happy. And two, he doesn't want to work with Tori under any circumstance. This goes back to what you were saying earlier about Roxroy. He's very loyal. He doesn't, he doesn't see the point in working with Tori. And not only does he not see the point in working with Tori, he goes to Drea and tells Drea that he now found out that she has an extra vote and that she found this out from Tori. And so this is pretty much what crushes Swati, right? Like Swati's ultimate downfall was that she told Roxroy or she told Tori that Roxroy had, or uh, Drea has an extra vote, right? Yep. If she didn't tell that, she would essentially be able to do- deny everything from there yep. on out. She, she also, doesn't, and that's what ends her. Yeah, there's another thing that ends her too. In previous seasons, you can get away politically with telling everybody in your tribe that they're your number one or a select group of people because a lot of times if people weren't working together, they wouldn't talk. In these latest few seasons of Survivor, all the players, whether they're working with each other or not, at least talk some strategy on a tribal day. And when they all found out that Swati had told each of them, you're my number one, that was really the extra knife in her because you cannot do that anymore. You just can't. That is an asking to go home. I don't know, dude, because like my thing is like, how often does that happen? And we just don't see that, right? And then- like when you when you're talking with your number one you can be like oh i'm telling them that they're my number one too just to keep just to keep them on our side well that's what i think you're really my number one that's what the editing showed though she did not say to them you're my number one but i'm going to tell all these people you're my number one she just would have these conversations and say yeah you're my number one i got you like that's the that's the kicker maybe they didn't show her have that with her actual number one but what they showed us was she just told everybody that 
because coming out of like I remember Game Changers, for example, or and and I think she even did it to some degree in uh, Winners of Winners at War. But like I remember coming out of Game Changers when Sarah wins, everyone was talking about how they thought Sarah was their best friend. You know, mm-hmm. she she had everyone thinking that like they were their like they were her number one, and she was on their side. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, that, I think there's a big difference between making people feel like you're their number one and just saying it. Like there's there's a big difference to me. And maybe I'm looking too far into this, but it just you can make everybody feel like they're your number one, but you can't just go around willy-nilly throwing it around. Like you actually have to earn that. You can't just say it. I I, I get what you're saying. I would be really curious to know how often how often people like people one people do that right tell like a large number of people that like they're they're number one and i dude i bet it happens a lot um it, it might it and, really might I, so and then i would want to know how often people come together and that type of exchange happened right mm-hmm. because like we saw that happen like this is honestly one of the few times i can ever think of that happening right mm-hmm. in 42 seasons i can't think of many times where they've shown that on tv and it has to have happened right like it has to happen a lot. And I feel like one of the reasons why they showed it is because Swati ultimately goes home this episode. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's definitely important for that. That was one of the main reasons why um, she goes home and we can talk about that in a little bit, but, uh, and I, I guess to go along with that kind of what that also reminds me of is Jeremy, how he talks about uh, someone I don't remember how the topic came up, but like shaking like hands on something, like when you make an alliance with someone, um, like he talked about how he would like never like shake hands with someone. Cause, and that kind of, it kind of like goes along with what you said, right? Because like you never want to like overcommit, right? Because like mm-hmm. if you overcommit and have to, at the end of the day, go back against what you told that person, that's going to hurt a lot more for them. Yeah. Uh, and even if you make that it close to a bond. Yeah. And if you make it to the final three, people on the jury are going to be hesitant to vote for you because you went too far in your deal making. You know what I mean? Like it just people take some of that personally. And regardless of what anybody says, the last few seasons of Survivor, they take seriously voting someone to win who they felt deserved it. However, if they feel you deserve it but they can't stand you as a person or they feel like you backstab too many people, they won't do it either. Like you have to find that gray line of making strategic decisions without burning bridges and that's really hard to do all right so immunity challenge shocker orange crushes it it's not even really close i think they tried a beast man like he basically swam that thing himself how tall do you think he is i'd say he's six two six two i think he's a little taller yeah I think he's from around here too. Gulf Shores. Yeah, he's from Mobile. Yeah, so he's from the southern part of Alabama because they've been having all kinds of local articles on like the local blog sites and local newspaper blog sites about him. Like, here's where Jonathan is this week in Survivor. So I figured he had to be from around here. Uh, They do not have it listed. I mean, he's clearly taller than most of the people on the show this season. I think all of the people. So that's the thing. Like for me, it's like, he's, it's not only that like he, you can tell he's the tallest. He's like noticeably taller than everyone else. 
he's the um, guy this season based on his performance thus far he if he makes it to the merge which it's very likely he will if they keep winning these dailies these 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 you know challenges whatever you want to call them um whenever he gets to the merge he's gonna have to run the table to win the show because he is gonna get voted out in a merge as soon as humanly possible yeah like i mean the the best thing that could happen for jonathan at this point is he like sprains an ankle that's like best case scenario for him. Yeah. And then it lowers his visibility and people think he's less of a threat, right? Yeah. That's li- the best thing that could he- could happen to him because exactly what you said, right before the merge or right when they get to the merge, everyone is incentivized to get him out. Mm-hmm. He's so, got a tough row, man. He's he's Things are going to have to fall perfectly for him to win, which is why I think survivor is the perfect show for him to launch his reality career if that's what he wants to do he really should be on the challenge because that really is where he'll a find a longer reality tv career because they'll put him on every season because he's got a good personality he's an attractive dude and he's competitive like that is like when you build a challenger jonathan is what you imagine for like the perfect person to be on the challenge I mean, so his political awareness, right, could probably, at least from what we've seen so far, could use some work. But as far as overall his, like, competition ability, from what we've seen through four episodes, right, how many people would you take ahead of him on the challenge? Not many, like, Not a man. lot, right? Like, yeah, like, we really haven't seen him do a puzzle. So maybe Correct. you could argue CT, but that that might be it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I would say Jonathan, as what we've seen thus far, I would rank him ahead of Jordan. I would rank him ahead of bananas. I would definitely rank him ahead of West just from a size perspective. So, like, I think CT is the only person that really matches up with him physically. And CT gets the edge just because we haven't seen Jonathan do a puzzle. He lets his other tribe mates do that. So Getting back to the immunity challenge, Orange pulls way ahead. It's not even close. Jonathan is crushing it as usual. Uh, they're far out ahead. They swim through the the mission. And I thought it was interesting that once green, the green team made a point, or w- once they finally made it to the dock where they put together their puzzle, I thought it was very interesting that they showed Hi and Mike pretty much like tell each other like, good job, and that they yeah. crushed it, right? So I definitely think that's a sign that we're going to see a situation in the near future where they potentially work to, with each other, right? Mm-hmm. I, I definitely think that that was intentional, that that was uh, put in the show. Completely. Green comes back from the dead, though. I, I wonder really how much editing uh, nonsense came into play here, where they made it seem like uh, Taku, or excuse me, Ika and Vati, the, the blue and the green tribe. I wonder how much they edited it to make it look like they were closer to Taku, the orange team, right? Because orange team clearly won. They had a big lead. But then what it comes down to, it comes down to one piece for the green team that they beat the blue team by. Chanel puts it in and she, (laughs) I thought it was, uh, props to her. She was pretty much like telling everyone, calm down, calm down. If she put the last piece in because- It really could have gone either way, right? It really if could have. One thing goes in the wrong direction, they lose their green green teams going back to tribal. And I don't know. So 
who would you have rather seen go to tribal here, right? Like what would have been the more interesting vote to see what happens oh, with the see, green team? I would, everything I would, yes, no question. I want to see the green yeah. team in because Daniel would be flipping out, causing all kinds of chaos. Mike's going to be mad. High's not going to trust Daniel. Lydia's going to blow whichever way the winds go that keeps her around another week. And then Chanel is also going to be scrambling because I have a feeling Mike, even though they probably had a tenuous relationship at best in terms of their voting block, I think because Daniel kept saying in that tribal, I was voting on behalf of Chanel. I was voting on behalf of Chanel because she didn't have Dude. a vote. I think that screwed her just royally, just just terribly bad. How does he think that's going to work? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's like it's, no one believes that. Dude. No, no. And he's supposed to be a lawyer. Like he should know better than to make an argument that has no solid legal ground. <laughs> Ch- Chanel calls him out on it, right? She's like, Daniel, everyone's supposed to believe that you, as someone who is quote unquote, a super fan an expert of the game. <laughs> is actually going to think that you have no agency in this vote, that you're just giving me your agency. Daniel's best move, because Mike and Chanel didn't have a vote, his best move would have been just to vote Mike out. Like, quite frankly, I think that that was the move he should have done because he could have had Lydia and High on board immediately. And Chanel would have been like, all right, y'all do that. That would have been no, the so, easiest vote they could have ever done. Well, it could have only have been uh, it could have only been Jenny or Lydia, the two people that could have gone. It or could have only been Jenny or Lydia. Mike can no, still go. Think, he just can't vote. No, at that point, I'm talking about like after they had already voted. Oh, after they already voted, I meant before you even voted. Like like before you get to tribal. I, mean, I really feel like if Daniel really wanted to cement himself as a leader in the game. He could have taken over that tribe by just getting Lydia and Jenny and high together and saying, here's the deal. Chanel and uh, our, it, we know, I know Mike can't vote right now. And I also know that Chanel could potentially lose her vote. So let's take control of the game and vote one of them out. That would have been the Did, safest thing for Daniel to do. Je- Jenny would have never done that because that was, she was Mike's number one. But so the here's thing what's is, great. She, so he could have left Jenny out of the conversation. I know, because, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. So he, he doesn't need to that, do that. Right. So you're essentially just saying he should have gone with high and Lydia to begin with. Yes. Right. Like that's what you're saying. Yes. Um, and then you tell Chanel, Hey, since you potentially can't vote, we need to do the safest thing. That's going to cause the least amount of waves. And me and you can still work together. But for this vote, we get rid of Mike, we get rid of that idol that's an anchor in our sales, and we keep Lydia and High thinking we're all working together. And it it satisfies every party in that tribe. And the only person that's upset that's Mike, but he's gone home and he's not on the jury. So that would have been the strategic play. Uh, so what, what I'm more curious is after they already, all the votes have happened, right? They... My, or Daniel and High have to come to a unanimous decision. I think the <laughs> worst, the worst thing he could have said there is, "I am not going to Roxon under any circumstance." Yes, right. That's you lose all your leverage at that point. It's you like, do. all right, well, uh, I guess High in his mind should have been thinking, "All right, I guess I'm getting my way then," because yeah. like I am willing to go to Rocks. That's all you have to say, right? Yep. The moment you say that you're not willing to go to Rocks, you lose. Yep. 
He's a lawyer. He should know this. You never give away your leverage. If you have leverage, you keep those cards close to your vest. You never reveal what leverage you have until you actually have to use it. And so his leverage was rocks. He could have scared high into thinking of, all right, I'll draw rocks. Well, the moment that he said he wouldn't go to rocks high, like you said, well, I guess I'm going to get my way because I ain't going, I'm just going to sit here and I'm willing to go to rocks. And at that point, it's like, well, that's what's going to happen. You know, we're just going to, Daniel's going to have to vote your way. Sorry. Dude, I almost think his best move there is to go to rocks, right? Because at this point, he's, that. I think that's the only way he can get everyone else back on his side, right? Yeah. Because like, th- that's it. And so if he didn't if you, do my if, strategy, yes. If he didn't do my strategy, that's his only way out when he's in that situation is well, to I go mean, to rocks. What, what you're saying is essentially he should just work with High and Lydia. And I don't think it really matters at that point if he's working with High and Hi and Lydia, I don't think it matters whether they vote Jenny or Mike. I, I, don't, I really don't think it makes a difference. At that point, he's, he's just working with, with Hi and Lydia. Well, and... it does make a difference because Mike and Jenny are tight. And Mike is going to be yeah. a bigger threat to him than Jenny. So to me, I feel like you have to go Mike. If you're pre-tribal, pre-tribal, this only works pre-tribal. You fill Chanel in on the idea. She can't vote. So she's probably going to go, okay, if we're number ones and we're tight, I see your logic. Go, go do that. You go to High and Lydia and you say, this is what we're going to do. It's two votes against, it's three votes to one because these other two can't vote. So you you don't piss anybody off. Jenny might be upset, but if she understands that it was Mike or her, she's grateful that it was Mike and not her. So it just, it was the right thing to do, except he didn't do that. And then when he's sitting there with High one-on-one, you're absolutely right. They have to, he has to go to rocks at that point. I don't know. I think, I don't think that they necessarily showed him have Daniel being him having any type of relationship with Jenny. Like, I don't know, like if they ever showed a one-on-one conversation with them, whereas for all intents and purposes, it it did seem like he had a pretty good relationship with Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he I think did, that- but you, uh, he did, but the way it all played out, he destroyed it. So maybe there was another way to do it without destroying it. But it seems like that was harder than just getting rid of the headache to me. All right. So let's get back to episode, episode four again. Four. <laughs> after, after this challenge, after the immunity challenge, back at Ika, Roxroy is, of course, upset they lost. Uh, he thinks it's a time to eliminate Tori because she can't be trusted. And Romeo brings up with Tori that this is a one-on-one conversation. This is pretty much where everything falls in place for what happens with the vote. It, it, mm-hmm. it starts with this. And this is why I think Romeo is in a good position, right? He's it's why the one I think po- Romeo might win. <laughs> yeah. Like I think like at this point, like if I had to say someone that I thought was going to win, I'd probably pick Romeo, right? Mm-hmm. He was pretty much the one like pulling the strings on all this. Mm-hmm. And it comes from this conversation. Romeo has the conversation with Tori where they talk about how she told Tori told Roxroy that, she she wanted a three to or Romeo brings up the fact that Tori told Roxroy that she wanted a three to be Roxroy herself being Tori and Swati, and Tori said that she only wanted to do that because Swati told Tori that she was going to be on the outs. And Romeo thinks to himself, "Why is Tori or what? Why is Swati telling Tori this? Right? That was our mm-hmm. plan. She's pretty pretty much revealing our plan to Tori and trying to ruin what was going on, mm-hmm. and." He finds out that Swati was the one that told Tori about Drea having the extra vote, right? Mm-hmm. And so Romeo goes to talk to Drea. 
he says that he thinks that Swati is the one causing all the trouble and that they need, need to get rid of Swati, right? Then after that, Swati, Romeo, and Drea talk about, um, or not Drea, Swati, Romeo, and Tori. This is the conversation that we talked about early in, earlier in this podcast episode where Swati has told all three of them that they're their number one, right? And they edit it. The editors do a great job with this. They, Perfect. This is... They do a lot of flashbacks in this episode. And I think it really kind of helps uh, tell the story a little bit where mm-hmm. the editors literally go back and go to the moment where Swati tells each of them how they're their number one or she she is their number one. And they she wants to be that person for them. Mm-hmm. And Tori says that Romeo and Dre want to get her out. And it's literally the start of the episode. One of the first confessionals that we or first scenes that we have is Drea and Swati or not Dre and Swati, Tori and Swati talking about how they're, they want to work with each other and they want to get Dre out. And it has literally come to full circle at this point. And now Swati is the one on the chopping block. She is the one that can potentially go home. And Swati picks up on this. She sees that all of this is pretty much going against her. I think she knows that she's probably going home. I think she can tell that the tides have turned. She has a conversation with Romy about like what's going on right now. Uh, and she goes to Dre and has a conversation about how it does seem like everything is kind of turned against her. And it comes it comes down to what Drea and Romeo want to do at the end of the day. That's all that matters is we go into tribal. Mm-hmm. Yep, pretty much you nailed all of that. I have no further comment because you nailed it. <laughs> okay, so we get to tribal. We talked about, we, we pretty much hit on everything that happened at, happened at tribal already, right? Swati and Tori throw, take turns throwing each other, <sighs> other under the bus which I, you have to do for them. You have right? to, but it was like, especially from Swati's standpoint, she made herself look worse on the way out the door. You know what I mean? Like she really, like Tori was, she's a therapist. And so she was using some of that reverse psychology type stuff that a lot of, you know, strategic thinkers do, who you also don't trust. Cause I don't particularly think I would trust Tori. But at the same time, the rest of the tribe had way less trust in Swati after all the events that occurred. Um, so. Because everything really, Swati accused also, Tori of, she was guilty of. Like, Swati so, was guilty of everything she accused Tori of in that tribal. And I think, uh, I don't necessarily think Swati came out of this looking bad. I actually thought she defended herself pretty well at tribal council. What it really comes down to, too, right? So I said that it comes down to Drea and Romeo. But what it also comes down to as well is that Roxroy was pretty much not willing to budge whatsoever off the fact that he was going to vote with Tori. Mm -hmm. And his unwillingness to consider anyone else is pretty much what crushed Swati, right? Because for all intents and purposes, he seemed very close with Swati, right? Mm -hmm. But if he's not willing to vote for anyone else beside Tori... Swati and Tori cannot work with each other, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's what it come, came, came down to from early in the episode. But Swati plays her shot in the dark. Correct move, right? Especially knowing her, all the circumstances she was now under. That was her only chance to get out because the only person that was going to vote her way was Roxroy. So the last thing I think we should talk about here is, is this the right move for Romeo and Drea? Should they have voted out Swati? Because think about it, right? Think about it now, right? Mm-hmm. What 
Roxroy, well, it, it seems like Roxroy is probably going to be with them regardless, right? I don't really know if this changes much for Roxroy. So they still have the numbers in the tribe. And it seems like that my thing with Tori is, I don't know. I guess I don't know if it really changes much for them, right? Because it seems like Tori and Swati, they were going to do regardless of whatever it took to get them farther in the game, mm-hmm. right? Both of them. It didn't, it didn't really matter. I don't think Tori is necessarily indebted to them now. And I think Roxroy is with them either in the either way. Yeah. So I don't and know I how think, much this changes. I don't think it changes much of anything because you're going to get another crack at getting rid of Tori, you know, because I don't think that she's someone you can work with long-term just based on what we've seen this season. But Swati was a bigger threat because she was revealing too much information to the wrong people and then going around telling everybody they're your number one without really demonstrating it or really building a bond, just saying it, her age, she's like, what, 19 or 20? She's pretty young. She's really 19. young, 19. And I think that her she had a good strategy, but she didn't have the maturity yet to execute it effectively. And so because of that, she was the smarter choice this week and if they go back to tribal, I think it's chalk that Tori's gone. All right. So what we're going to do here, the last thing that we're going to do is we close out. So what we're going to do is we're going to pick one person that we each think is go- we're going to we're going to do our winner pick. Mm-hmm. But then we're also each week we're going to do each week that we do this. I have no idea how often we have no many this. idea. We could go three weeks before we do another Survivor episode. This is just we're, all- we're doing this. to. There's nothing really good in the challenge world to talk about right now until we get to all stars. So this is what we're doing for the moment. <laughs> so we're also going to pick someone that we do not think is going to win. Uh, but this week we will pick two people that we do not think will, will win. I think uh, this is chalk, man. Daniel and Roxroy are not winning. Yeah. So let's do three, right? So <laughs> Daniel is not going to win. Roxroy is not going to win. Who would your third person be that you do not think is going to win? Lydia. I think it's either Lydia or Tori, right? Mm-hmm. Because it seems like, People, so like if Tori were to, Tori is in a perfect position to make it all the way to the end and get no votes is what she is, right? Because people don't have respect for that type of game, right? She's not making any decisions here. Or at least Mm -hmm. that's the way that the editors are portraying it to us, right? Um, So I think those four, right, we we can say are not going to win. Yeah, I think Tori has, I think Tori has a path, but her path to winning is to backstab her tribe and work with the other two at the merge. And so that's the thing though, people don't respect that. At that point, then Romeo and Drea, they're not going to vote for her. Like they just like, she just like flew on some other coattails. You yeah. Know? And, and I think um, Lydia has the same issue, but Lydia could also potentially win even if she does nothing because wow. you have a situation there where as long as she pisses no one off and she finds a way to get to the final three, if she's sitting there with Daniel and Roxroy somehow, like she has a path. Whereas Daniel and Roxroy have zero path. Lydia's path is so skinny though, that the game would literally have to fall into her lap perfectly. And I just don't see that happening with this cast. This cast is not going to let someone skate by that is going to somehow sneak this thing out. It's just not going to happen. And then Winner pick? I don't know, dude. I think Romeo is in a really good spot. Uh, there may be some obvious reason it, that I could read or hear mm-hmm. like two minutes from now that someone tells me or that I see on Edgic and I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. He's not going to win. Yeah. But I think based off of the fact that we haven't seen the Blue Tribe really, we haven't seen, what is it, Ika? We haven't seen Ika the last two weeks. Mm-mm. I don't know. I think like he's in a pretty decent 
spot here. I think Romeo's in the best spot. Yes. If you were to ask me, you can only pick one. I would pick Romeo, but as a second place person, I think you could make a case for high. I think that you could make a case for it because he did not piss anybody off with how that episode three tribal went. And now that he's aligning himself with Mike and he's got Lydia, who's borderline useless. If they can stay tight all the way to the end and you have to pick between Mike high and Lydia, I think high would get the votes. So on the subreddit for Edgic, the number one person that they have by like, a, a decent amount is Omar, which no. I think is interesting. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't think he's necessarily done anything. We just haven't to... seen enough yet. That's my thing. Like we can't really make any determination with his current visibility level. They haven't portrayed him poorly. They also haven't portrayed him as like someone who's ahead of the curve on decisions. So anyway, and then number two, they have Jonathan, which I don't see at all. Yeah. Um, well, and you have to remember that this is before this latest episode. Yeah. Um, so, all right, we're done. Thank you for listening, everyone. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye.